Thank you for tuning into The World Game, a World Cup podcast. The podcast that will have everything you need to know about the World Cup. There will be recap episodes throughout the tournament, so you won't miss a storyline. Maybe there was a 90th minute game winning goal. Maybe there was some controversy. Either way, we'll dive right into it. My name is Peter Roman. I've loved football all my life, and thanks for joining me on this journey. Before we get into the episode, I just want to talk about the migrant worker situation again. Obviously, it's a horrible, horrible human rights tragedy that thousands of people lost their lives in building the infrastructure needed for a sports tournament. And so my heart goes out to the victims and their families in this really, really terrible time and I hope it never ever happens again. Now on to the episode. All right, today's episode, the first semi-final recap. We had Argentina versus Croatia. I'm going to break it all down. And normally when I've talked about the bigger games as we've gotten deeper in the tournament, I've gone like really in depth with how the game went. I don't need to do that in this game. It was 3-nothing for Argentina, and so they advanced to the World Cup final for the second time in the past three tournaments. Now, this game can be summed up really easily, in my opinion, which is Argentina dominated. They were a lot better than Croatia, and it wasn't even close. It really wasn't. So we'll start with the first goal. So the first goal, questionable penalty, at least to me. Now, here's the thing. I totally get Argentina's side of this, where... They feel like Lavakovic impeded the path of Alvarez, and that's why there, you know, was a penalty given, and that's why it should have been called, where you had the goalkeeper impeding the path of the player who, you know, poked it around the goalkeeper. For me, at least the way I saw it, and maybe the slow motion replay distorts this a little bit, but I saw a player poke the ball around the goalie and then proceed to run into the goalie instead of like making any effort to avoid him because Lovakovic to me doesn't make any movement towards Alvarez it's just Alvarez running into him so for me it's not a penalty but I understand the case being made that it is a penalty and after watching the play several times I agree with VAR's decision to not overturn the call on the field because okay I get the point going the other way I just felt it was different when I, when I was watching it personally. So anyway, so that was the first goal. Messi stepped up, perfect penalty kick right in the top corner, one nothing Argentina. Before that, the game kind of just a little bit cagey. The biggest strategy note I can make, though, is Argentina changing their formation again to accommodate the opponent. And this time, it was a very unorthodox change because they basically went 4-4-2, so four defenders, four midfielders, two forwards, but the four midfielders were all central midfielders. It wasn't like a standard 4-4-2 where you had your right mid, left mid, and your center mids. You basically had four center mids. And the reason for that is because Scaloni wanted to take out the midfield three of Croatia. And you have to say it kind of worked for the most part. Like, you're never going to completely eliminate the threat of those three players but Argentina did about as well as you could have with that. So the four, the four-man central midfield kind of worked. Now that does leave you exposed on the wings when you do that. But Argentina felt comfortable that Croatia didn't have the players to exploit. And considering that Ivan Perisic really didn't play well and 
Pasalic didn't play well and the fullbacks and, you know, most of the Croatian players didn't play well, I think it was a smart gamble to make. And so Argentina had the advantage and they had the lead 1-0. The second goal. The second goal was two things. Number one, it was definitely lucky because two Croatian players made tackles and the ball continued to stay at the feet of the Argentinian player. But it's also a great goal by Alvarez. Alvarez basically picks up the ball and goes on this huge run and he scores one of the best goals of the tournament. He also, like I said, got lucky because he got tackled twice and kept the ball. But sometimes you get those bounces. And the saying goes, you know, you have to be good to be lucky, right? So Argentina lead 2-0. And that was, you know, a good goal. And so Alvarez, he's one that I think has struggled in this tournament for the most part in his performances. The only goal he really had was, like, the awful mistake that Matty Ryan just gift-wrapped him in the round of 16 game. He was good in this game. And then in the second half, it was just a messy masterclass. Lionel Messi took the ball, made just a brilliant run. He was one-on-one with Guardiol for the most part. Guardiol's been really good in this tournament. Messi just undressed him with his dribbling and went around him, had the ball at the side of the box, just squared it, tap in for Alvarez. 3-0, game over. And that is the match set and done. Lionel Messi, by the way, he was unbelievable in this game. This was arguably one of his best World Cup performances ever. Maybe his best World Cup game he's ever played. And he did it in one of the biggest World Cup games that you can, the semifinals. And this was all I ever wanted from Lionel Messi. When he played for Barcelona, he would play like this in all the big games. But he wouldn't be able to quite replicate it with Argentina. And so I was always waiting for him to be able to do this. This is Messi playing like he did for Barcelona for Argentina. This is Messi performing super well in the biggest games. And he just, he looks like an absolute magician out there. He really does. This performance, Messi was unbelievable in this game. It doesn't matter that the only goal he scored was a penalty kick. Like, that's not everything that goes into the game. The stuff he did on the field was just magical. It really was. Croatia had no answers for him at all, and it was a really tough game for them. And so for for Messi and for his team, for Argentina, they are through to the World Cup final. So congratulations to Argentina. They fully deserved it in this game. They were way better than Croatia was, and they really just dominated Start to finish, they were the better team. They never, ever looked like they were being threatened by Croatia in this game. And that they deserve a lot of credit for that. Like, that's, that's a really big deal. So huge, huge props to Argentina for this performance. I really can't think of a player who played poorly for them in this game. However, switching sides, I can think of a lot of players who played poorly for Croatia. Really, the only one who I thought was okay was Luka Modric. I thought Modric still played pretty well. He had some good dribble moves some good passing uh, connections with teammates, but ultimately, like, there just was terrible defending. Kramer, oh my god, Kramerich was so bad in this game. Kramerich was probably the worst player on the field, and that's saying a lot because there wasn't a lot of good Croatian performances, but, man, it just felt every time he got the ball, he would lose it or he'd give it away or he'd do something dumb with it. Like, just 
not not a good Kramerich game at all. And so for Croatia, I think a couple things happened. Number one, they ran into another good team, just like they did against Brazil. Number two, I think they ran out of gas. This team has played more minutes than any other team in this tournament, and I think it showed in this game. I think they were tired. I don't think they had the same energy levels that they had in their in their previous matches. So it's really tough for Croatia, but you know, when you're when you're in the World Cup, it's really hard to win, and when you're in the semifinals against a good team like Argentina, it's very hard to beat them, especially when you know, you might be running on fumes at this point in the tournament. So before I end my Croatia thing here, I just need to I need to talk about Luka Modric. I think it's important. So this was probably Luka Modric's farewell game. Now, he might play one more game, the third place game, but realistically, this was his last meaningful World Cup game. So, so what does that mean for Modric? What does that mean for his legacy because he is now at the point where he won't he almost certainly won't be there for the next world cup maybe he could still play at the euros in 2024 but i don't know maybe it just depends how he ages i guess but this was likely modric's farewell at the world cup and he's now 37 years old so i think it's fair to start talking about legacy stuff with him Luka Modric, i would say was a little bit of a late bloomer as far as the way his career went because he was at Tottenham for many years, and, you know, sure, he was, like, a solid player there, but it wasn't until later in his career when he moved to Real Madrid that he became, you know, one of the best midfielders in the world, and at a time, for me anyways, the best midfielder in the world. Luka Modric was instrumental for Real Madrid in helping them win the treble of Champions League titles. He was also really instrumental in getting some La Liga wins and their most recent Champions League title as well. And then for Croatia, for Luka Modric and Croatia, there was a lot of disappointment early on in the this era of their golden generation. But in 2018, everything came together for them, and Croatia made a run to the World Cup final. They lost to France, but they made a World Cup final. That's more than a lot of countries can say. And then, in this tournament, they made the semifinals. That's not nothing. You made the final and then the semifinals. Those are really, really impressive. Now, the European Championships, a little bit disappointing. They lost in the round of 16, like to Spain in 2021, but I don't think that matters that much. For me, Luka Modric has absolutely cemented himself as one of the 25 best players of all time. He is an all-time great. What he's done for club and for country has to be celebrated. It has to be commended. And ultimately, I think Luka Modric, like, if he does play in that third place game, it should be about a celebration of his career and everything he's done for that nation because he's their best player ever. And, you know, it's going to be really hard when he leaves because when you lose a player like that, they're not, you know, you can't just replace a player like Luka Modric. They're way too special. And so... For Modric, I think the, the big conversation around his legacy probably should be, is he the best midfielder of, his gener of this generation? Because most people would probably go to Xavi and Iniesta. But I think Modric, at the very least, deserves to be in that discussion for the best midfielder of this generation. So, anyways, 
to Luka Modric, thank you for giving us wonderful, wonderful moments in this sport. And to Croatia, I commend your team very much. You found ways to win games in very improbable, very improbable situations. And even though you didn't win the World Cup, I think Croatians should feel really proud of their team for everything they've achieved over the last two tournaments. All right, before I end the episode today, I just want to talk really quickly about Argentina going into the final because I think they have every reason to believe they should win this thing. And now, you know, the question turns to Messi's legacy and the World Cup. And of course, the big question that a lot of people are asking is that does Messi need the World Cup to be considered the greatest of all time? A lot of people would argue no. Some people would argue yes. It just sort of depends what you value as far as determining legacies and things like that. But there is an interesting argument in regards to a certain player, Diego Maradona. Maradona, for most Argentinians, has been obviously their greatest ever player. And Maradona brought them the World Cup in 1986, mostly by carrying the team on his back. Now, I think Argentina's team right now is probably better than Argentina's team in 86. But Messi is, to a large extent, carrying the team on his back, at least offensively speaking. And he's been absolutely dynamite in this tournament. And it's, you know, worth celebrating. It's worth acknowledging the fact that Messi is doing finally what a lot of us have wanted him to do in big games, in big moments. He's doing it right now. So the question is, does Messi need a World Cup to be considered, you know, the greatest Argentinian player? Does he need that to be better than Maradona? For some people, the answer would still be yes. For myself, I don't think so. Now, the World Cup final is still a big deal, right? If, he, if Messi goes out and sucks in the World Cup final, I'd think differently about this. But as long as he, like, plays decently, like, he, you know, as long as he has a solid performance in the final, he doesn't have to be super spectacular but as long as he has a solid performance in the final I think the argument probably sways in Messi's favor as far as being ahead of Diego Maradona in the all-time rankings whether or not he's the greatest of all time I'm gonna talk about that in a future episode because I think there there's important legacy stuff to discuss when it comes to comparing him to other players but don't worry I have like I have an insane amount of research on this stuff I've I've done my homework on a lot of the GOAT conversation stuff. But but just Messi and Maradona, just those two, because the two of them are very easy to compare because they're both Argentinian, and they're obviously the two best players the country has ever produced by far. Right? There's, there's absolutely no debate about that. So like I said, the World Cup final will be a big deal for Lionel Messi, of course, biggest game of his life. But I also don't think he needs to win in order to surpass Maradona but I also think you know just because he doesn't even if he doesn't win he needs to at least like not suck in the game right he can't go out there and like miss three sitters or something like that so will be something to keep an eye on but I don't think he needs to win it because I think getting to two finals you know Maradona only got to two finals as well so you could argue you know somewhat similar as far as how far they got right but of course, winning would, you know, do more for his legacy than losing would.
But of course, if he plays really well and they lose, I don't think that's necessarily a detractor, right? That's just the way I feel because winning is a team trophy. And just because it's a team trophy doesn't mean you can't evaluate individual performance in trying to win the team trophy, but it's still a team trophy. And so if they lose, but he plays well, you know, that, I don't think that should be held against him type of thing. So anyway, that's all I got for this episode. The second semifinal is coming out today, so I will have a recap episode sometime later tonight or tomorrow morning. And then my final preview, either Friday or Saturday, probably Friday is when I'm thinking I'll do my final preview. And so we'll see who Argentina's opponent ends up being. Will it be France or will it be Morocco? Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of The World Game, a World Cup podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I will be doing reaction episodes throughout the tournament. The music is from Pixabay. The whole thing gets going on November 20th, so make sure you subscribe and don't miss a moment of the 2022 World Cup.